It's your radio sisters. I'm Rachel. I'm Bo. And I'm Ally Cat. Well, we're singers, songwriters, and sisters. And if you're curious about the creative process like we are, stick around right here. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories and interviews from the world's biggest stars and most creative minds. You'll take away artistic gems to fuel your own creative process and get that project started already. Or get the mojo to keep on going. That's right. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. We're so happy you're here for the St. Patty's Day Irish edition of the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Maloney's Irish Pub. Oh, yeah. Today, you're going to hang out with all Irish artists from some of the most famous Irish bands. And today, these guests are going to drop some wisdom nuggets into your pot of gold. You know it, sisters. Let's get to those guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on Celebrity story songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Up first today, legendary Patty Maloney, frontman of The Chieftains. Now, The Chieftains are six-time Grammy Award winners. They've reinvented traditional Irish music on a contemporary and international scale. And they've collaborated with so many huge stars. The Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Van Morrison, Sinead O'Connor, Madonna, Bon Iver, The Decemberists, and many others. Today, you're going to get up close and personal not only with the frontman of a legendary Irish band, but a man who holds and embodies the Irish spirit. There's no person in the world quite like Patty Maloney. I'll raise my Guinness to that. <laughs> okay, sisters, who's next? Then you're going to take a walk on the wild side with Dennis Casey from Irish-American Celtic punk band Flogging Molly. Flogging right. Molly has over a million fans on Facebook, and today you're going to hear how important it is to give your best in any situation because you never know who's listening. Hear how that story played out in Dennis's life and the advice he has for you. All right, sisters, who's next? Well, then you're going to meet Celtic violinist Mairead Nesbitt. Now, Mairead is formerly of Celtic woman, and you know her as the dancing fiddle player, but there is so much more to Mairead. You're going to hear a throwback interview today when your radio sisters had a chat with Mairead right before she left Celtic woman. Hear about her musical history, her recipe for success, how she developed her own unique musical style, and her one beauty tip for you. Okay, Rachel, who's next? All right, you'll have a chat session with Irish tenor Emmett Cahill. Emmett used to be with Celtic Thunder. He's now off on a solo journey. And if you're going through a rough patch, Emmett has some really good advice about getting through that and reinventing yourself. You can catch Emmett in concert this Friday night, March 22nd at the Omaha Conservatory of Music. You're going to hear all of your favorite Irish songs sung with the beautiful tenor voice of Emmett Cahill. Okay, before we go to break, sisters, I want to see a show of hands. Who had a flat tire this week? <laughs> okay, I'm seeing two out of three hands raised here, and we're guessing that some of you might be raising your hands too. Uh-huh. Yes, it was a terrible week for tires, but today we're all about the pot of gold, not the potholes. Yes, so you right. have to focus on the pot of gold too. Mm-hmm. And speaking of focusing on the good things, we want you to know that our show today is brought to you by Maloney's Irish Pub in Omaha, located at 72nd Street, just south of Blondo. 
And guys, they've got so many fun events going on this weekend. Starting with the St. Pat's pre-party tonight. Check out Secret Weapon, award-winning and one of the most fun cover bands, will be playing in the Heated Tent. Ah, uh, you had me at Heated Tent. <laughs> <laughs> and then on St. Patty's Day at 6 a.m., the green beer is tapped. You're in for corned beef and cabbage, lots more Irish music, including bagpipes. And there is no cover charge all day long on St. Patty's Day. So get your Irish on at Maloney's, 72nd just south of Blondo. You'll find the pot of gold. Mm -hmm. Definitely in for a great time. Oh, yeah. We'll keep it here with your radio sisters, Rachel Bow and Allie. We're going to keep you celebrating St. Patty's Day right here. The wearing of the green mood all weekend long. Okay, we'll be back with Patty Maloney of the Chieftains. Keep it right here with your radio sisters. Luck of the Irish to you on the St. Patty's edition of the Mulberry Lane Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Maloney's Irish Pub in Omaha, 72nd Street, just south of Blondo. Now on St. Patty's Day, they've got a heated tent, lots of food and entertainment, including bagpipes and no cover. Maloney's Irish Pub. Well, it's just not St. Patty's Day without the most well-known Irish band in the world, the Chieftains. This six-time Grammy-winning juggernaut is as fresh and relevant as when they began. With worldwide acclaim, boundary-pushing music, and traditional Irish instruments, they have been embraced and loved the world over. You're going to get up close and personal with the founder of the Chieftains, Patty Maloney. Patty Maloney, the one and only the Chieftains today. <laughs> well, that's the first time for me. I never heard that before. That's, that's brilliant and so kind of you. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. So in over 50 years, we can say we're the first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the first time I've ever had that kind of greeting. <laughs> that's cheered me up. With over 50 years of making music, you guys endure through changing tastes and sounds and everything. So what is so enduring about the Chieftain Sound, do you think? Well, this is what the secret is. It took me some time, even to the late 50s and 1950s, till I struck that happy note and that happy sound that I wanted to achieve, a sound that was specifically for the great traditional Irish music songs. And we portray it in such a way, we don't sit down and play tune for tune. You know, we select the different things and make a story that you can actually see into it. And so all ages come to our concerts, you know, yes. from young children up and they enjoy it, you know. Mm -hmm. So it took a while to find the magic sauce. That's right, a good few years, until I find the right individuals that are soloists in their own right. You know, people still love to see this sort of thing happening, and you have to go back on some of the old stuff, of course. You know, when we recorded with the Rolling Stones, yes. <laughs> uh, they came on one of our albums, and we did a rocky road to Dublin. Uh -huh. uh, I usually say stone by stone. And, uh, and and the song we did with Sting as well, McGillamar, an Irish song. It's quite a selection of music. And I've got a lot of tremendous young people helping us old guys out now. Like you said, the Rolling Stones, you've worked with Pavarotti, with Madonna, a lot of unknowns as well that you've brought yeah. into the fold. So how do you choose who will go well with you guys? Yeah. How do you pick? A lot of times they have come to me. Like My first recording was 1972 with Paul McCartney from the Beatles and I did two tracks for him and also in 1980 the day poor John Lennon was, was shot I was in the studio with Paul doing B-side of Ebony and Ivory and the Stevie Wonder song so then I decided I'd turn the table around 
and asked them to join us. And, and the Long Black Veil was many, many guests there from Van Morrison to mm-hmm. Sinead O'Connor and uh, Marianne Faithful and the Stones. Everybody was on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I called it Chieftains and Friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Some how nice that, but, friends. Yeah, well, it was. And it still goes on and there's always something happening for us. It's just the word has got out. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, good fun, you know. So did you say that you were with Paul McCartney when you heard about John Lennon? That's right. It was the morning of. I was due to leave at 7.30 in the morning to do the recording and I uh, rang up and George Martin, who was their producer, of course, said, Paul will be here, you know. He just got out of the house because it had happened the night before for oh, him, you know. But he did come in with Linda and it was very sad, but he was happy that I did, you know what I mean? And he respected the fact that I came to London to do it. But uh, it was a, a shocking, uh, oh, yeah. terrible thing. He was very, uh, very put out. You I'm know? sure. So when you have collaborated with the rock stars, like mm-hmm. Sting, Rolling Stones, what was it like in the studio? Would you say kind of a mutual admiration for what each other does? Oh, yes, indeed. You know, even the last album. Now, I came forward a generation. I didn't go back to the old guys. <laughs> I came up with uh, Bonnie Vare and uh, yes. the Decemberists and quite a few, all the younger uh-huh. people. And Adele was trying to do it, but she had her um, voice that was gone at the right. time. Oh, yeah. And T-Bone Burnett did a couple of tracks for me as uh-huh. well, you know. Yes. They're a great producer. So we have that sort of great respect amongst all musicians. They respect the fact that it's the roots music and this is where it all started from. Right. <laughs> now, throughout the years, have you ever gotten to a place where you've thought, well, there's nowhere else to go or were ideas always coming to you? Ideas are always popping, you know, and the world has become a small place. Like going to Mexico, for instance, to do the San Patricio album uh-huh. in honor of the Irish battalion who fought with the Mexicans in 1847. Okay. So I gave them a new tune and that, but then I was introduced to other musicians, so I had enough material for four CDs when I came back after two weeks, you know. It's just terrific that I don't go with manuscripts and music in my hand, but I bring a tin whistle with me, uh-huh. and I join in with them and play, and it sort of relaxes everybody, and they all want to get in on the act then, you know, and it's terrific. Yeah. You know? It's uh, one of the great calling cards. I think you're the magic inside. sauce. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, it's working, you know. Yeah. Now, what do you feel is, has been the strangest collaboration you've ever done? Playing with the Chinese in 1983, we were the first band to play in the Great Wall of China. Wow. So oh, wow. there was a huge orchestra, and there's millions of them <laughs> there. And so there was an absolutely huge orchestra of their traditional instruments and they played some of our music and we played Chinese music and playing on the Great Wall as I say we're the first band from the West ever to do that you know that's amazing well right now on the St. Patty's episode of the Mulberry Lane show you're hearing from Patty Maloney founder of the Chieftains so what would you pinpoint has sustained you over the years would you say it's drive passion would you say it's love of irish music like what do you think is the main thing that keeps the ideas coming yeah i, I think you've hit the nail on the head there with all of those okay like just the whole passion of the music i was brought up in that environment from the word go you know my family were musicians and so it's all part of my living, you know, it's essential to me playing music as eating food and drinking red wine yeah. or going to Guinness or whatever, you know. Guinness, of course. <laughs> it's very, uh, very essential. And what I hate is the on-the-road business, you know, traveling getting so difficult these days. But once we get on stage, you get your message across, and it's, it's great to get that feeling and the buzz from the audience. I don't think we've 
actually failed one yet. I'm sure I'm you sure haven't. So when you're performing, what is the main thing you think about during the songs? Are you thinking about the storyline of the songs? Yeah, the storyline, the personality of each member. So it's all weaving sort of a picture of what the chieftains are about and what Irish music is about and how we relate to other music as well, you know, from different countries. And I think it's a story, you know what I mean? I regard a concert of 2,000 people or whatever at, uh, you're in your grannies, you know, so you're telling the stories and you're having a few tunes and, and dances, you know, and then at the end of the evening, get them up dancing as well. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> now, you yeah. sung for the Pope's visit to Ireland and your instruments have gone to space. You were the first Western band, you know, after the wall fell in China. So... Do you have a highlight of your career so far? I took my time going full-time professional. Like, we were semi-professional from 62 to 74, that's when it was. Twice in that year we sold out the Albert Hall in London, and it was very emotional. I'll always remember it, you know. And then playing for the Pope, of course, Pope John, when he came to Ireland in 1979, two million people in the Phoenix Park in Dublin. We played to that crowd, you know, and it went to a billion people, in fact, all over the world. So there's been wonderful times like that that we've had. You know, it's just been terrific. Uh, in concert, I play a little tribute to Sean Potts, my dear friend. He was co-founder when I formed the band, okay. and uh, he passed away. But mm-hmm. I play a little lament for him in concert every night. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So once the chieftain always there, no yeah. matter where you are, you know. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and yeah. before we let you go, we have to ask you, how do you celebrate St. Paddy's Day? Well, I was just thinking, you know, it's always a busy time for me. We've been playing in the States. If it's not Carnegie Hall and Patrick's Nice, it's, it's someplace else, Washington or Boston Symphony Hall or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. In years gone by, you know, it's a holy day and you go to Mass and you have your shamrock, your little sprig of shamrock uh-huh. and a badge and uh, it was like a Sunday and in uh-huh. fact the pubs in those days, they only opened up for two hours on a Sunday so the same thing happened on St. Patrick's Day, they were closed <laughs> except oh. for two hours, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a different story now, right. you know, they do a whole big week, you know, there's a lot of publicity here for the country and, and for tourists and that, you yeah. know, so now it's a big week of festivity back in Ireland, you know. Uh-huh. But that's how it was with me in the younger days, you know. Yeah. And um, more recently, as I say, I'm here in the States. Okay. Well, Patty, we want to thank you so much for joining our show. It's been utterly wonderful getting to know you. This has been... Oh, love great. this chat. Well, there's so many other stories. We could go on forever, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, it was great to talk to you, oh, girls. Thank awesome. you so much for that little song. Oh, oh. thank you so much. Patty Maloney of the Chieftains on the Mulberry Lane Show today, St. Patty's Day edition, brought to you by Maloney's Irish Pub. We'll be right back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with Dennis Casey of Flogging Molly, taking you to break with Sting and the Chieftains. and your heart be light. Welcome back to the St. Paddy's edition of the Mulberry Lane Show. 
brought to you by Baloney's Irish Pub in Omaha, located on 72nd Street, just south of Blondo. On St. Patty's Day, they have heated tents, corned beef and cabbage, bagpipes, and no cover. That's hard to beat. Maloney's Irish Pub. Well, a St. Patty's Day celebration wouldn't be complete without Irish-American Celtic punk band Flogging Molly. With over a million fans on Facebook, Flogging Molly is as relevant as ever. Dennis Casey from the band is here to help you celebrate Celtic style. Dennis Casey on the show, Flogging Molly, here we go, yeah, yeah. Wow, that was good harmony. Ah, thank, thank you. you. Good to have you with us. Yes, great to be here. Okay, so All you right. guys are really known for your live show, and is that something that has developed over time, or did you come out of the gate like that? We came out of the gate swinging, I think. I think okay. that's the one thing the band has always had, and it's a chemistry, and it's like gasoline and uh, ignition. You put them together, and then you create fire. And uh, without being too cliche, that really is what happened when I remember first playing the first song with the band. It just, okay. just lit right up. You felt it immediately. Yeah, and you put 4,000 people in front of you, and then it lights up even more. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so now the most current album is Life is Good, and that was the first album in six years for Flogging Molly. So why the time lapse? A number of things happened in the six years. We changed managers, we, we got a different drummer, we got a new booking agent, we changed a lot of business okay. things, and then um, Dave's mother passed away during the, the writing of it, and my father passed away. Okay. So um, you combine all those things and kept uh, things kept getting in the way, but we were ever moving forward, and it was done. Yeah, life happens. It does, yeah. One of the best laid plans you may have. Life's going to get in the way we threw your curveball. Yeah. So now your music, you do take on life. You know, some hard subjects, sometimes you veer into political territory. But yet right. the sound is still feel-good music. So how do you walk that line between kind of the deeper messages, but yet the music is not heavy? I think Irish culture has always had the, the ability and the wherewithal to take the most horrendous things and celebrate them, actually, okay. and try to find some sort of positive message or just like you said, life happens. I've heard in Irish literature you can find the most uh, horrendous stories, but they're told with a twinkle in your eye or a little twist at the end. Uh-huh. They give you a little a little twinge of either hope or, like, humor. Or redemption. I mean, yeah, and it's a country that has been, you know, invaded and right. many uh, hardships for thousands of years. So I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. Now, what about you personally? Where did your musical talent come from? Uh, I didn't have any. I had to work for everything I have. (laughs) I appreciate Uh, the honesty. Uh, I'm one of those guys. I don't come from a musical family or anything like that. My uncle had a a bar and then it closed and he put all the cool jukeboxes and pool tables and pinball machines in his basement. And he loaded the jukebox up with all uh, Elvis 45s from Sun Records and the early RCA ones. And I'd love to go over there and play it. And then uh, I just wanted to play guitar and and that was it. Just no bold from there. And then how did you come to join Flogging Molly? I moved out to Los Angeles from Rochester, New York, to pursue a, a career in music and struggled for many, many, many years. Okay. I was playing in a bar uh, with a band, and uh, one of Dave's friends saw me. They were one of five people in the audience. And um, <laughs> they said, my friend needs a guitar player, and here's his name. And, and then I met Dave, and auditioned with the band and 
I got the part. So it goes to show you, when there's just five people in the audience, it still can be life-changing. Do you know, I tell that so many young people. I was like, play out, get yourself out there. And you women know what I'm talking about. you got to yeah. get out there and show the world what you're about. And uh, there was five people. I'm not exaggerating yeah. in the audience. And one of them changed my whole life. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Well, right now on the Mulberry Lane Show, you're hearing from Dennis Casey of the band Flogging Molly on the St. Patty's Day edition. You know, the first time you played with the band, you felt the magic. So now throughout the years, you know, the ups and downs of everything, how do you guys manage to stay together, work through your creative differences, and continue making music? I think it's the love of what we do and we have grown closer to each other it's a second family for us and we do tour a lot and i think it's the music that glues it all together you will definitely in the band have your ups and downs and trials and tribulations you know getting through those you know that hour and a half spent on stage together making this thing this sound you know the sound only happens when we all get together and Mm -hmm. i think that is a something that's, that is very special and honored and holds it all together and elevates it. Makes it worth all the trials and tribulations. It makes it worth all of it, yeah. You hang around all day and then you got an hour and a half of it and then, then hanging around another 23 and a half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you would say that you all enjoy hanging out with each other outside the band? That's very difficult. Nobody lives in the same state. Yeah, you know what's funny? When we all lived in L.A., we did. Okay. But we tour so much, I see them just as much as I see my family. Right. You know, we're all on the same bus. We all tend to like to stay up late and talk, laugh, have fun, listen to music, and go out. But it all works. It all works. Yeah. And then is there a favorite song that you like playing live? I have to say my favorite one is Devil's Dance Floor. Okay. Because it's fun to play. I jump around a little bit more, and I... I play a long guitar solo at the end. It's got a big ending. So. Of course. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know right. guitar players. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we want to thank you so much, Dennis, for joining us here on the show. We've enjoyed chatting with you, getting a behind-the-scenes look at Flogging Molly. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. I'd love to do it again. That's Dennis Casey of the Irish punk band Flogging Molly. And you're hearing all of this on the St. Patty's edition of the Mulberry Lane Show today. You're here with your radio sisters, Rachel Bow and Allie. We're going to be right back with Maraid Nesbitt, formerly of Celtic Woman, taking you to break with Dennis Casey of Flogging Molly's favorite song to play live. Here's Devil's Dance Floor by Flogging Molly. When we count our blessings, we count you twice. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, special St. Patty's Day edition. Well, we want you to know that today's episode is brought to you by Maloney's Irish Pub. If you haven't heard, they have big St. Patrick's celebrations going on all weekend. The green beer is tapped. They're opening up at 6 a.m. on St. Patty's Day. There's no cover, heated tents, music all day, including bagpipes. You've got to find yourself a seat at Maloney's Irish Pub in Omaha, 72nd Street, just south of Blondo. Get your Irish on. 
Well, you were about to hear a special encore interview with Mairead Nesbitt. Now, she stopped by a while back when she was with global music sensation Celtic Woman. This versatile fiddle player is now a solo act, but enjoy this throwback chat with Mairead Nesbitt. Handpicked interview for your St. Patty's Day weekend. Welcome, welcome to the show, Mairead Nesbitt. Hello, how are you? That sounded fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. You come from a musical family yourself, right? You have how many siblings? I do, yes. I have four brothers and a sister, and they're all musicians. And my parents are musicians and teachers and lecturers. I've been very, very lucky to be brought up in such a musical environment. You know yourselves, actually, music is the ultimate communicator. And and really, that's why I wanted to be a musician myself from the age of four onwards. And I think it's just a telepathic quality that goes into playing music with your siblings and your parents. You know, you just know what each other is thinking. And from that then, of course, brought me on to college days and, you know, my degrees and diplomas and then being able to play with some of the most amazing musicians and singers in the world. I've been very, very blessed, you know. Uh Okay, growing up, you made the conscious decision to learn both the classical and traditional ways to play the fiddle. I did. So how difficult was that to compartmentalize each type of playing? Well, you know what? The most difficult thing was, it's not so much now, but when I was growing up, it was frowned upon to play traditional music and to play other types of music because they thought that it would ruin your style. So that was the most difficult thing to overcome and to ignore people. But I did ignore them. And um, my parents were amazing and they have always encouraged proper musicianship, Uh you know, which means, you know, you have to be versatile. I mean, that's what being a true musician is all about. Absolutely. It's flexibility. Yeah. I had come up with a different technique that would compartmentalize the styles as you're learning them, because if you don't compartmentalize them as you're learning them, then they get messed up right. in your head, and you're breaking the rules before you even know them. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So your you approach to... was to compartmentalize, learn each yeah. style, and then yeah. that's when you broke the rules and kind of let yeah, them blend can, a little bit. Exactly. Really, really, I, I can't emphasize enough with really young musicians growing up. Do your technique. Do the things you're supposed to do make sure your technique is fantastic so that then you can bend the rules with respect then to the different Uh genres instead of disrespect. Uh So that's what I feel very strongly about. Very interesting. You bring a lot of emotion to your playing. So what do you think it is? What is the key ingredient to playing an instrument with emotion? If you're a natural musician, you're able to convey your emotions exactly how you feel to the person in the seat in front of you. To be emotional about something... You have to feel it. You have to bring it across. I think once people feel that, you're doing it right, you know? Yes. And you're being natural about it. You know, when you see somebody on stage or you see somebody playing and you say, oh, my God, that is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't quite put your finger on it. Right. But you absolutely love it. And that means they're a natural at what they do. Okay. You move a lot around the stage and, Mm. you know, dance and make it a very visual thing to watch as well as audio. Is that your own creation or was that something that you worked on with the producers of Celtic Woman? No, I've always done that my whole life. And there's lots of times that I stand still when I play. Mm -hmm. Obviously in studio you can't do that if you're recording something, you know. But with Celtic Woman, they give me that, you know, the stage is yours. Do with it what you want to do. That's great. And and it is. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And I never do anything that doesn't 
move me with the music, you know. If it doesn't happen with the music, then I just don't do it because what you're trying to convey, it can't be all bells and whistles. It has to have substance. For me, the movement that I do, it's only part of it. It's not the main thing, you know. Yes. Well, right now you're listening to the St. Patty's edition of the Mulberry Lane Show, and you're hearing our throwback interview with Celtic violinist Mairead Nesbitt. Now, she's a solo artist now, but this interview took place when she was with Celtic Woman. You are a unique musician, and you have a unique set of abilities in how you present yourself. Have you made your own opportunities throughout your life? Or did things just come your way? That's a really good question. To me, first and foremost, family is the most important thing to me. That's always been the center of my life. I have been very, very lucky that my family are all incredible musicians. You have to be as good as them to play with them, you know. (laughs) And as far as opportunities have come along, I wasn't afraid to take risks, I suppose, you know. I started with the RT Concert Orchestra in Ireland, which is an amazing orchestra from... 15 years of age so you know from then I knew that that was exactly what I wanted to do in what capacity I didn't really know Uh I think if you want to learn as much as possible I think things happen to you you know the opportunities come when you've got the passion for it yeah I, I think so if you work hard and you want to learn you have the passion as you said I think things kind of start to happen you know you've toured the world do you have a favorite place to perform well, my favorite venue to form the world really is Red Rocks in Colorado. Okay. I absolutely love it. It's just so close to nature for me and it's so important. Well, and the acoustics are incredible and it is absolutely amazing. Okay, you know? that's no. kind of cool. Yeah. Now, what do you do for fun, either on the road or when you're home? Um, I love to just get out in the air. I love, I love walking. I love running. I love being with my family. I love playing music with them. I love meeting up with them, catching up with them. Time, my husband as well, and he's a lighting uh, designer. Oh, great. So you never so have to worry great. about having enough light on you then? But, yes, it's very lucky <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's an so, important um, uh, person, you know. Yeah. And then do you have a favorite beauty tip? I do. I always take every day this oil. Um, it's called Udo's Choice Oil. Okay, and how do you uh, spell that? U-D-O apostrophe S. It's all the omegas, but it's actually from flaxseed. It's absolutely fantastic for hair and skin. Wow. So I have that every day in my smoothie. For years, I've had it. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a great tip. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that. (laughs) We're writing it down here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then before we let you go, St. Paddy's Day is right around the corner. So you have a St. Patrick's Day message being from Ireland. We call it Paddy's, not, not Patty's. You correctly call it Paddy's as well. So that's fantastic. Have lots of fun, have lots of music, and with Lohana, Fela Porik, Steve Galair, which means a fantastic St. Patrick's Day to you all in Irish. Oh, oh perfect wonderful. way to end. All right, thank you. We really <laughs> enjoyed that, and we hope to catch you on tour. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to talk to you. Mairead Nesbitt, now formerly of Celtic Woman. Today, you heard our throwback interview with Mairead right before she left Celtic Woman. You can find out all about Mairead and her solo journey and her own line of violins at MairaidNesbittViolin.com. Don't go anywhere because waiting in the wings for you, Irish tenor Emmett Cahill joins your weekend. We'll meet you right here on the Mulberry Lane Show right around the corner. This is Bo here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie.
May your thoughts be as glad as the shamrocks. It's the St. Patty's edition of the Mulberry Lane Show. Thanks for keeping it here with your radio sisters, Rachel Bow and Allie. Today's whole episode is brought to you by Maloney's Irish Pub in Omaha, 72nd Street, just south of Blondo. No cover charge on St. Patty's Day, but you will be covered by a heated tent, green beer on tap, and it's not St. Patty's Day without the bagpipes. Bagpipes will be there too, so all your festivity needs will be met at Maloney's. Well, a year ago, Irish tenor Emmett Cahill made his sold-out debut at Carnegie Hall. And now this former member of Celtic Thunder is headed through the heartland with performances March 22nd at the Omaha Conservatory of Music and March 23rd in Des Moines. So spend a few minutes of your St. Patty's Day weekend right now with Emmett Cahill. Welcome, welcome to the show, Emmett Cahill. Hi, folks. Listen, I, I have to say, it's not often I'm sung on to an interview, so this is great. Good Got to me hear in the it. mood for a St. Patrick's Day already. All yeah. right. Okay, so now you're coming to Omaha March 22nd at the Omaha Conservatory of Music, which is a very intimate venue. So talk about what the show will be like. We like to take people on a musical journey. Okay. You know, in, in Nebraska and Iowa, there's actually a, a huge Irish connection. We'll have classic Irish songs, we'll have church hymns, we'll have Broadway hits, we'll even have a do a little request section in the show where it's kind of an impromptu part where we kind of put it all together in a medley and that's always a bit of fun because I, I, I have no idea what the audience <laughs> are going to ask It keeps you on your toes. Oh man, I tell you what. Oftentimes I have the iPhone out looking up the lyrics on it, <laughs> but it's always a bit of fun, you know? There's nothing like that impromptu type of performance. People love it. Now you're also a storyteller. Yeah, absolutely. My musical journey has been a story in itself. You know, I came seven years ago joining Celtic Thunder and suddenly my face is all over PBS and I have this whole following that I never thought I would have. And coming from a small town in Ireland, you know, was kind of crazy. We talk a lot about music. The amazing thing about music, everyone has their own personal connection to a piece of music or a song and and they associate it maybe with someone in their life or a place Mm -hmm. or a moment. And we like the audience to feel something. Hopefully they enjoy that journey, you know? Absolutely. Do you have a song that you enjoy performing the most? Very hard question to answer because, you know, a song can represent something personal to you. You know, when I start a song like Danny Boy or Irish Eyes Are Smiling, you see memories kind of illuminate on people's faces when they're watching you. And for for me, I'm the singer and I'm performing it. There's a whole other narrative going on with the audience as well and every individual person walks away with a different experience so you know it's not always about me singing my favorite songs it's it's about it's about the connection yeah but i can tell even how you're describing it that you know you observe the audience probably as much as they're observing you which makes for a very intimate performance because it seems like you are reading them yeah exactly if people would ask me where's the best place to see you perform i would say in an intimate setting i've played in front of thousands of people done carnegie hall i've thrilled to say I've done those things, but the best of me comes out in an intimate venue. Have you always been that kind of singer? Um, I think so. I mean, I, I think you can learn to be the best singer in the world, and but ultimately, music, like any form of art, it's got to have a human connection, and it's rooted in human story. And I've learned more about these Irish songs and Ireland as a country from coming to the States. And so people come up to me and say, you know, my great-grandfather emigrated such a year from the west of Ireland, and he came here, and that then, the next time I'm singing an Irish song, that's in my head. These songs represent so much more than words and music. They represent people, families, tradition, you know, values. So 
same with the church hymn, like How Great Thou Art or Amazing Grace. I mean, these songs, they're so much more than that moment. They're history for people as well. Mm. Well, right now you're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show and you're hearing from Irish tenor Emmett Cahill. Before you joined Celtic Thunder, you had quite a bit of success as a tenor on your own. And then, of course, you toured all over the world with Celtic Thunder. So when you have a lot of success and things are going well, you know, inevitably, things don't always go well all the time. So when things took a downturn or when, you know, you were doubting yourself or your abilities, what gets you through those times? You're right. I think you learn more about yourself when things aren't busy. When things are going wrong, you learn more about your ability to bounce back. You know, in the downtimes, that's almost when your craft is born, when you're, you're trying to maybe redesign what it is you're right. doing or who you are. Uh-huh. That's where the seeds were sown for uh-huh. what's happening now. So there were moments, definitely, things were tough. I used to look at my friends and they have secure, good jobs. They were going to college and they had structure in their life. They knew where they were going to be in a year's time, in five years' time. They had that kind right. of end goal. Whereas in music, as you guys, you're only as good as your next show. And I'm my own boss, essentially. You know, I recorded music. I've planned my tours. And, you know, Carnegie Hall was, was a big one for me. And when stuff like that happens, then <laughs> you think, well, I'm so glad I didn't maybe go the conventional route. Like a lot of people won't know. I mean, I dropped out of college three times. I was in and out, and, you know, trying to figure out. I knew I loved to sing, but I didn't know how life would be kind of formed around a musical career. So the best things sometimes in your life happen by accident, and Celtic Thunder kind of happened by accident. And mm-hmm. then following off from that, you know, doing my solo tours, I never thought I would be out touring in America or doing Carnegie Hall or playing in, you know, Irish festivals and all this kind of crazy stuff. My career kind of caught me unawares. I wasn't one of those kids who singing along with the radio and dreaming of being on stage. I was more interested in playing football and and talking to girls. So (laughs) (laughs) that life can catch you unawares sometimes and present you with with amazing things. So how does Emmett Cahill spend St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day this year, I'm going to be in New York City. I'm, I'm singing at St. Patrick's Cathedral. My parents are coming over from Ireland. I literally just talked to my mom five minutes ago, making sure she, she's all packed. Uh, so as you guys can imagine, you know, them seeing me sing in St. Patrick's Cathedral, given we started in a tiny little church in rural Ireland, it's, it's come a long way. Um, it's important for me that they can experience that and kind of see almost like the fruits of their labor if you know what I mean so excited for them to come out for for St. Patrick's Day that's great do you have a St. Patrick's Day message for our listeners my St. Patrick's Day message for your listeners is to celebrate St. Patrick's Day a few days later and join me for some some Irish songs on the 22nd Uh, perfect you can get out and have a nice pint of Guinness There's, there's lots of iron in Guinness so actually, it's medicinal. I agree. I'm going to quote you on that one. Exactly. Look, if folks are celebrating, I hope you have a great day. It's such a unique thing for Irish people to have this one day that the whole world celebrates just for our tiny little country, and we're proud of that. And, and for one um, day, everyone is Irish. Absolutely. Everybody is Irish on St. Patrick's Day. So looking forward to seeing everyone when we get out to Omaha, to Des Moines. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun. And Emmett, it is always fabulous catching up with you. We love our chats. We'll do it again probably next year. You'll probably be right back through. You never know. If you guys will have me back, I'll come back. <laughs> it's a deal. Maybe next time we'll bring the Guinness. You know, the way to an Irish man's heart is with a pint of Guinness. Yes. <laughs> All right. Nice okay, time. Emmett, we'll take care. Great speaking with you guys. Take care. But when Irish eyes 
and former member of Celtic Thunder, Emmett Cahill. Be sure to check out Emmett Cahill's concert this coming Friday, March 22nd at the Omaha Conservatory of Music. Hear all your favorite Irish songs. All right, sisters, let's do show notes. Now, this is the part where we get to share with you guys our takeaways from the show, where you get a synopsis of the gems of advice from each guest. That's right. At the top of the show, you heard from Patty Maloney, the founder of The Chieftains. He said he doesn't go to collaborations with manuscripts and music in hand. No, he goes with his tin whistle and plays with everyone until the whole room is relaxed. In other words, don't approach situations too formally. Go in ready to play well with others and have fun. Woo, love it. Okay, Rachel, what's the next piece of advice? Well, you guys heard from Dennis Casey, guitarist for Flogging Molly. He said, get out there, show the world what you're all about. And even if there's five people in the audience, one of them could change your life. So remember, no crowd is too small. So always give your best performance. Word to the wise. Okay, sisters, what's the next nugget? Well, Moraine Nesbitt, formerly of Celtic Woman, she said, I believe if you work hard, if you want to learn as much as possible and you have the passion, things will start to happen for you. Dig in and keep going. And finally, hear this advice from Emmett Cahill, formerly of Celtic Thunder. That's right, Allie. Emmett said when things aren't going well, that's when your craft is born. When you continue to work hard, that's when the seeds are sown. Mm, So good. Plant your future. Now, big St. Patty's Day thank you to Patty Maloney of the Chieftains, Dennis Casey of Flogging Molly, Celtic violinist Mairead Nesbitt, and Irish tenor with the smiling eyes, Emmett Cahill. (laughs) Well, that wraps up the Irish episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you join us same time, same place next weekend. We'll be right here waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And if you're out celebrating St. Patty's Day this weekend, don't forget to stop by Maloney's Irish Pub in Omaha, 72nd, just south of Blondo. They've got so many fun activities going on this weekend. They've got all the things for your St. Patty's Day. Mm. Okay, Bo. Stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Yeah. 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 Yeah.